The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by Kingsters for Kingsters, Poly, Queer, Trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Featuring personalities as their authentic selves, this is What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. It's an intimate conversation with people inside the kink and fetish worlds, as well as educators, sex-positive personalities, and other amazing people sharing their stories of what makes them who they are. And now, here is our own wonderful human with the questions, John or as he is known around the kink and fetish community. Hi there, Catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and to our listeners, welcome. As we finish up the month of April, we get to visit with someone who is a self-love and embodiment coach who also has this interesting concept that I definitely wanted to talk to her about called Solo BDSM. Jacqueline Michelle is a self-love and embodiment coach. She specializes in helping women develop intimate relationships with themselves through somatic healing, self-actualization, and creating a sensual lifestyle. Her foundation is in yoga and tantra philosophy, and she's been exploring ways BDSM is interwoven into both of those. Jacqueline Michelle, on what women and other wonderful humans want. They are the questions that establish the story. Five questions about firsts, bringing back the genesis of the character behind the human. It's the first five and it starts now. First time you ever put rope on yourself and your feelings doing it? Mm -hmm. Great question. I uh, wasn't expecting it. Uh, the first time I ever put rope on myself was in the middle of the pandemic in 2020. And it was a very curious, erotic, and sensual feeling. It I would say those are the first key components of the, the first time I ever did like a simple little tie. First time you realized that yoga and BDSM had something to do with each other. First time I realized yoga and BDSM had something to do with one another. I don't think it was necessarily yoga. If not, it was Tantra. 
mm-hmm. that I realized Tantra and BDSM have something to do with one another. And for those that aren't familiar with what Tantra is, it's a lot of things, but I'm thinking more specifically on Neo Tantra or Red Tantra, which is conscious sexuality and bringing healing and energy play into our eroticness, into our genitals, into the way that we connect with one another. And the first time that I realized that BDSM and Tantra had a lot in common was the first time I ever saw a scene in general. Now, it wasn't so much of a scene, if not an educational scene or piece. And I was on Instagram and I don't remember the name of this person. And I wish I did because I would love to watch his content again. But he was uh, talking about presence and body language. And he had his submissive or his bottom tied up, blindfolded, and he was flogging her. In the midst of flogging her, he realized that her body started to contract a little bit and she was creating a little bit of tension in her body. And he paused and he said, what color are we? And immediately she goes green and her body softens. And it was the first time that I realized, wow, there's a lot of presence in communication and intention that goes on in a scene. I think oftentimes, I know at least for myself, I thought BDSM was this very dungeon. It was all about pain. It was all about, you know, humiliation. And of course, that's a very big piece to it. There's a lot of healing and presence and things like that that go into it. But I didn't realize how intimate it was and how I related it to Tantra was it how I related it to Tantra and how I related it to healing in general, how I even got on this path of Tantra and BDSM and somatic healing was being disassociated from my body, not being able to feel myself, being afraid of intimacy, being having this desire for sex, but also not even knowing how to get my body to to receive it. And uh, that's when I realized, I was like, oh, wow, there is a lot of communication and intimacy and, and, and sensory play that happens in a scene. Can you describe the first scene you had personally? I've never been in a scene. Really? To be honest. Yeah, I am. A lot of my stuff has been so, I mean, I've I've done... I guess I suppose I suppose it's on what I can and how the depths of what I would like a scene to legitimately be like I've been tied up and I've been flogged and you know whipped and uh things of that nature but with another human I have yet to experience it and I would really love to um I would really love to but with myself I feel like the when I go into a scene with myself, it's almost like a scene slash what I call self-pleasure, which is just connecting to my body, connecting to my sensuality, connecting to my emotions. And that can always look different. Sometimes it's very erotic and sexy and orgasmic. And other times it's very emotional and therapeutic and still. Um, and I, I, it fuses in between just using oils. Sometimes I bring whips into play. Sometimes, oftentimes I play with my rope, but to have a whole session with another human being that in that way where I'm receiving has yet to happen. Interesting. Mm -hmm. First time you had somebody tell you that you made a remarkable difference in their life and the way they see themselves. The first time. Mm, I'm trying to think of the first time. I guess the the first one that comes to mind was when me and my best friend slash soulmate, we've been in each other's lives for over 20 years. Uh, 
when we're about 21 years old, uh, she, she got diagnosed with uh, something that was a very big life altering thing. And um, she immediately felt disconnected from her femininity and her sexuality. And she went from having a very um, active and exciting and uh, a sex life and a desire for it to it complete it completely being shut down. And I, I remember helping her move through the identity of understanding that we aren't our sexuality, we aren't our sex drive, we aren't you know our partners or anything of that nature, and and helping her reconnect to her body in that way. I think I don't think that was the first time, but I think that was the most, wow, I'm really grateful that I learned this so I can support her. First time you realized you wanted to teach this to others. Mm. The minute I started, the minute I started, it was literally, I think through my journey, I felt very alone. Um, on reclaiming myself and things of that nature. And I think once I started to realize, oh, there's something here, it was an immediate, other people need to know this, other women need to know this. Um, so yeah, I would say immediately. When we come back on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky, we will have more, including what I talked about at the very beginning, solo BDSM when we return. We do this show without paid advertisers and provide it to you as a labor of love. If you want to help the show, as well as contribute to Catsuit's conference fund to get live interviews and teach some amazing classes, you can give at bit.ly slash thanks, Catsuit. Now let's hear from some of Catsuit's friends with some messages for you. Are you curious about kink but don't know where to begin? <laughs> or maybe you have a friend who, while they appreciate your interest in BDSM, they don't really understand what it's all about. You should check out Kink for the Curious. It's a fun little activity book with color pages and word finds, lots of silly puns, <laughs> uh, but lots of solid BDSM and kink information written by somebody who's been in the business for almost 30 years. Kink for the Curious, a BDSM activity book for beginners written by Princess Natasha Strange, and that's me, <laughs> is available on Amazon. Go get it now. Welcome to the Yoniverse. I'm Scarlett. And I'm Anya. The Flaming Yoni podcast is a celebration of the beautiful and unique expressions of female sexuality. From asexual to megasexual, from lifelong monogamy to relationship anarchy, from deep spiritual bonds of sacred union to spur the moment flames. It is all infused with Yoni energy. Search for the Flaming Yoni on your favorite podcast platform. You will not leave the same as when you came. We invite you to connect with us on social media so you can follow all the great news about the show. You can find us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at 
What Women Want podcast and on FetLife at www.podcast. And if you want to follow the host, that's easy as on Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife, he is Hi There Catsuit. And now back to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. Welcome back to the program, joined by Jacqueline Michelle, who is a self-love and empowerment coach. And one of the things you talk about when you talk about self-love is exploring BDSM solo. I went on to Instagram and I don't know how I happened upon your particular post, but here was the cover picture, benefits of exploring solo BDSM. In my particular case, I have been partnerless for a long time, pretty much my entire BDSM journey. I started a dynamic with a dom. It didn't work out. So it, it, it literally went back to getting pickup play whenever I could. However, I have had an entire lifetime of self-play, which is putting myself into either predicaments or thought a thought process that allows me to enjoy kink as much as I can without somebody else. Mm -hmm. What you have brought to the masses here is an opportunity to actually take the aspects of BDSM and practice them on yourself in a very mindful way. First of all, where did this idea come from? This idea came from my own personal practice with myself, with reassociating to my body, with having an intimate and intentional connection with my sensuality and my sexuality. Um, it's, I, I used to be very disassociative, like I, I said in the, in the questionnaire, um, and it came to a certain point to where the caresses, the soft, gentle caresses that were taught in Tantra and things of that nature, it was helping me a lot, but I really wanted to explore a wider spectrum of not only human emotion, but human sensation. And before I started in this personal development, uh, mint journey. Um, I had a really solid relationship with pleasure and I had a very solid relationship with pain. And, and it, it was, I was a self-harmer. And on top of that, it was very unconsciously promiscuous, but it was all done with this lens of hatred. And it was done with this lens of like masking the, the pain that I was going through. And so I remember on my journey, when I started yoga, it was like this immediate shutdown in my body. Mm. And so I had to slowly start touching myself in ways that my nervous system can handle in a way that I can actually receive that. And after a little while, I started getting more and more curious. Okay, well, I still like these sensations of, of pain. I still find uh, flogging and shibari very erotic. And at the time, I didn't have a partner that was uh, receptive to exploring that with me. And I didn't want to wait. This is my body. I'm, I'm, I've really felt like I was cracking into something really deep and very interesting. 
And so I started doing all this research and I ended up coming across some articles where they talked about Buddhist monks. I don't know if there were Buddhist monks in general, spiritual monks mm-hmm. in general. And they would enter transpersonal meditations through whipping themselves repeatedly. And I started to think, wow, this is absolutely fascinating for, for various different reasons. One, one wouldn't think. I would never think to find a, a monk of any sort flogging himself. One, two, it helps us understand that the way that we carry sensations in the body and our ability to hold and expand that threshold is literally something that happens in the mind. And oftentimes we're so overstimulated and oh so, so oversaturated with our thoughts that we don't get this opportunity to legitimately slow down and tune into our senses. And not only that, we're so addicted to comfort. And we're so addicted to immediate gratification that we don't really create this time and space at least once a week to explore other ranges of sensation and emotion and thought and presence that we can experience with ourselves. And to add an extra little piece to that, it's easy for us, for some of us, it's easy to connect with people. But what happens when you're alone with just you? What comes up? Can you sit with that, with your thoughts? Can you can you touch and connect with your body in a way that isn't performative, in a way where you don't have to expect something from somebody else or feel like you need to overgive? What is the relationship you have with yourself, with yourself and by yourself? And I started to explore just this, it was just this giant question mark of, wow, what is sensory play? What is physical presence and, and, and what is pleasure? And I started to realize, oh, exploring different forms of pain can be pleasurable. And can I allow myself to breathe through this this level of intensity or this level of sensuality? For some of us, soft touch can be significantly more difficult to receive than more intense touch. And so, yeah, it just, it, little by little, I think just kind of fusing together the way that the ways that yoga helped me, the way meditation and mindful movement helped me through yoga and the way that Tantra was helping me with uh, having a different, more intentional relationship with my sexuality um, and soft touches. And then seeing the similarity of what BDSM brought to the table, which is also softness and tenderness, of course, but also a more intense sensation. And I started to realize that when we can just be in our body and be in our senses, we are automatically in a meditative space. We're not overthinking what's on our to-do list or not. We're, we're doing our best to not create this narration of, of what the emotion comes up for us means. And as we're exploring different sensations, different emotions can come up with that as well, right? Sometimes we can be um, activating anger or we can be activating sorrow. We can be activating arousal and pleasure and it's okay. Well, can I breathe and really invite more of the sensation coming through me without trying to block, uh, mask it or block it in any way? You talked about the fact that impact play helped reconnect your senses after many years of disassociation. Mm-hmm. So you talked about self-harm, and but you've been able to find a way to process the pain where impact play, some people would consider it self-harm, but the long-term effects are not there like some self-harm is. Mm-hmm. I would say the big, and that's a big question that I get a lot. I think the big difference um, between self-harm and 
exploring more intense sensations of impact play is the intention behind it. Mm -hmm. Are you bringing the sensation onto your body out of self-hatred or self-disgust? Or are you doing this with this intention to intentionally explore and feel? I think is is a is a really big difference between the two. And one is a is a result of love as mm-hmm. opposed to, as you mentioned, hatred. I have a very complicated relationship when it comes to being my uh, being by myself and with kink mm. because i've put myself in a very difficult situation where obviously i have myself surrounded by all my guests <laughs> that have been on the show with me not necessarily visually i don't sit here and just stare at this wall but it's the thoughts and the the processes that i've talked to all these people about yet not be able to explore it on my own. Mm. So there's this association of how come I can't find that space with another person? Now you're telling me that there's a way that I can get those thoughts in my own head, which is why this is so fascinating to me. So as I look at as I looked at your post, the first thing you talked about was sensual meditation. Mm-hmm. So tell me about that. Yeah. So oftentimes we think about well, number one, meditation in general has so many benefits, right? It helps us. Um, I don't know. I guess the frontal lobe it helps us, you know, decrease activity in the frontal lobe. We get to become more present with our thoughts and things of that nature. But oftentimes we think that meditation needs to be this still thing where we don't move and we just breathe. Um, and I learned through this process that your meditation can be with your body. Your meditation can be with your senses. It can be with movement. Um, yeah. And I think exploring that gives you this, uh, it strengthens the muscle of you being able to be present with yourself. And being present with yourself can be so difficult because we're always distracted mm-hmm. by the past or the future, which mm-hmm. is why to me, kink scenes bring me such joy is it forces me to be in the moment. Mm-hmm. It's one of the very few things that actually can force that. And you talked about bringing a level of serenity to self. Mm-hmm. When, when the mind is in a sense of brain tornadoes, so to speak, that's what I say when everything is happening and you don't know how to, don't know how to stop it. And it's literally going so fast that you can't. How can you find that level of serenity to self? to be able to capture that moment for yourself. One thing that I always say is that the moment that you realize your your thoughts are running amok is the moment you became present. Oftentimes we think that present means mental stillness and it actually just means awareness with yourself. Mm -hmm. And self-awareness is the first step to creating that shift. So you have your, your tornado thoughts 
And then you realize, oh, wow, my mind is racing. Part two is creating a conscious decision of, okay, do I want to keep running with my thoughts? Do I want my thoughts to continuously take me? Or do I want to do something that I know that can help me slow down? And that can be just beginning to follow the breath. Beginning to, yeah, breath is, yeah. <laughs> the breath is, is a very powerful thing. So just following the breath in and out. It can begin to, all right, let me place my hands on my lap. Can I bring my awareness into the point of contact between my hands and, and my skin? Can I pay attention to what I'm experiencing with my senses? What is it that I'm hearing? What is it that I'm smelling? What is it that I'm tasting? And again, meditation or presence is a muscle that we're strengthening. And some days are going to be easier than others. You may notice that you start, okay, you're breathing for two seconds. And then you may realize, well, the whole list of things to do came immediately back. So then again, the moment you realize that your thoughts took a hold of you, presence happened and you get to slow those thoughts down again. You go into talking about boundaries and desires. Mm -hmm taking your time to decipher what type of touch your body is uh, fond of. You may notice that with different intentions, emotions, and times of the month, your cravings may shift. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so big things. So this is at least uh, my experience as a woman and, and some experiences that other women have shared with me is that when we start interacting or playing with another person in a sensual or sexual way, especially before we've taken the time to explore our own body, it's very easy for people to do things to us without us really knowing or understanding if this is actually what we want or not. And so one thing that I really love about not even solo BDSM, but just masturbation or solo play in general is that you get to touch your body and legitimately explore, oh, do I, do I like this? Oh, I, I, I uh, that's something I don't really like. I don't like being touched underneath my armpit for a random example, or I do, I do like having my hair tugged a little bit and it's like, okay, you get to develop these things so that when it is time to play with another human being, you already have these, these, I want to say rules and regulations, but that sounds a little too strict, but at least a, a, a blueprint of how your partner can connect to you better, how your partner can help you feel safe that much more. And then observing different times of the month I'm I'm in and with different moods what I want when I the type of touch I want to receive when I'm really tired at the end of the day is going to be completely different from the type of touch that I feel in the middle of the day when I'm feeling super fresh or when I'm in my luteal phase or when I'm ovulating or you know anything of that nature, right? So I think that when you take the time to explore and play with yourself, you literally get to examine and explore your yeses and your noes and not really have to worry about another human being. And you get to bring this data to the to another person as well. So it creates great communication. Absolutely. Activating your inner DS. Mm -hmm. The Dom in you is the initiator, the one that holds space and curates the scene or the explanations you'll, or the explorations you'll be in. Tell me about that role. Mm -hmm. So I think of the Dom as the masculine energetics, as we would talk about it in Tantra. And it's the initiator to the situation. It's, it's the leader. It's the person that's holding space. It's the person that is giving. 
in that situation. Um, and the receiver or the sub or the, the feminine essence of you, the feminine energetics of you gets to receive that it gets to open up. It gets to feel. And oftentimes we overcompensate one energetic over the other. There are some of us that are really good at giving and doing and leading and, and, and organizing things for other people, but we don't give ourselves that space to slow down and receive uh, a, um, uh, a gesture from another human being, or we don't allow our own emotions to come up or the emotions of our loved ones to come up and then vice versa. There are some people that um, they are very emotional and they're, and they're very nurturing and they're very cuddly, but they don't feel comfortable taking initiative in their life or, or organizing a room or standing up in front of a crowd and saying, Hey, I have something to say. So when you get to tune into these masculine and feminine energetics or these dom and sub uh, dynamics within yourself, you get to, you don't get to, you quite literally are exploring both sides of the spectrum. Okay. I'm going to curate this space for myself. I'm going to tell myself, all right, we're going to sit here for X amount of time. And I'm going to take myself through this experience. And you're showing yourself inner leadership with what you can do with your own body. And then as you're entering the feminine side of yourself or the, the submissive side of yourself, it's like, okay, I'm going to allow myself to receive this type of touch, to receive this type of presence, to take myself on this journey. So it's like you get this duality play of, of giving and receiving to and from yourself and you get to explore one may be easier than the other. One is a little bit more, more natural for you and while exploring that, you also get to strengthen the muscle of the other one. So for example, for me, it's very easy for me to submit. I'm very flexible. I'm very emotional. I'm very nurturing. One thing that I'm exploring in my life right now is more leadership, more control, more, hey, I have something to say and I'm going to need you to listen immediately. You know, And when I'm with myself, I get to touch that edge and explore that edge in the privacy of, 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 of me so that I can strengthen that muscle and it becomes a little bit more comfortable when it's time to present it to another human being in any type of setting. Somatic healing. The body is where we experience pleasure, connection, and orgasm. Mm -hmm. It is also where we store rejection, abandonment, and trauma. Oh, can I talk about this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I'd rather you talk about the fact that Healing has to take place in order for you all to, in order for you to move forward. And so healing is a big part of why any of us get involved in BDSM. The mm -hmm. irony of that is the vanilla world thinks that we're the ones that want to get hurt, but the hurt is actually the healing. Mm. Mm -hmm. I'm elaborate a little bit more for that on me and the hurt is actually the healing. I would love to hear your perspective. There are times when I want to feel something that is real. Mm. And whether that be uh, a hard flogger across my back, mm -hmm. whether that be something so painful that it makes me wince, but realize that I am persevering and getting through it and not giving up. When something has the impact to me that allows me to feel it for days afterwards where I can go right back to that moment 
just by feeling it again. Mm. That's where healing takes place for me. Mm -hmm. Like I can totally admit this entire week has been one hurt after another, after another of things that have been out of my control. Mm -hmm. Yet I know that if there's these opportunities where I can, and I don't necessarily think I can do it on my own, but when I can be in a place where I am out of control and have reality brought to me, that allows healing for me. Mm. It's a fuel that fills me up by taking it all out of me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel that very deeply. And I love that. For me, my relationship with like somatic healing when it comes to BDSM is uh, very similar. Um, it helps me acknowledge the emotions that I'm feeling in my body. So for example, if I'm feeling a lot of anger, anger is an emotion that's very difficult for me to express. And when I'm getting flogged, I feel like with every, with every point of impact, the something about it just helps my entire body relax. It's like, Oh, the anger dissipates that much more with every sensation that, that acknowledges that it's there. Um, yeah. And I think that our relationship with our bodies, like I, I, oftentimes this is something that when we're in the journey of healing, um, at least I know in the Western world, we focus so much on the mind, on understanding our trauma of going to therapists and things of that nature. And I love therapy. And I think it's very important that we do understand and organize, um, you know, our thoughts and our trauma and things of that nature. But so many of us forget that a lot of that memory and a lot of that trauma is literally stored in our muscles and it's stored in our cells. And so because the mind and the body are in this constant information loop, you can do all the mental reframing work available to you. But if you forget to tell your nervous system and your body that, oh, okay, hey, you're in a safe space again, or hey, it's okay to open, or hey, you get this opportunity to release everything that you've been storing, then you can clear everything out in the mind, but the body is just going to regurgitate it back up here. So what's really important is yes, taking care of your mental health, but also going into the depths of the body and, and exploring that in various different ways. For some people, pain not may be the answer or, or, or more intense sensations that BDSM has to offer may not be the answer, but it's at the very least going in and seeing how you can identify where this trauma and these emotions have gone into the body and figuring out, okay, do I want to, what I call alchemize it, which is, do I want to activate it more? Do I, do I want it to be stronger in my body or do I want to diffuse it? And uh, one thing that I learned a lot was, I mean, just there's so much sensuality and there's when it comes to BDSM. And I think sensuality is such a giant component to to healing, to intimacy, to selfhood. Um, so yeah, I think somatic therapy was a ginormous, probably number one for me on this journey. And the next thing you talk about is heightening self-awareness, engaging in a scene or in the style of self-pleasure. We are training our bodies and our minds to be present to the touch, energy, and emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, I feel like that one is, I mean, hits the nail on the head right then and there. We, like we were discussing earlier, when we take the time to sit and bring awareness to our bodies and to our senses with ourselves, you're, you're heightening your, your threshold for sensation, your threshold for pleasure. It's an amazing concept, and I'm so glad we had the opportunity to talk about it. And when we come back on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, we'll talk more with Jacqueline Michelle, including a program called Boundless that you may be curious about when we come back. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Recently, we put together a brand new book called Hearts and Collars, reflecting 20 years in a power exchange relationship. It's 350 pages of what we've been living for the past 20 years. Indeed, and it's got chapters like communication, power exchange and spirituality, how to be a leader, high protocol, becoming a follower, rituals, the new porch time, victim, survivor, and thriver, power exchange and polyamory, submissive versus wife, the Practical Contract Guide, Relationship short Shorthand, as well as other tools and experiences we've had over the years. Check it out at eroticawakening.com slash hearts and collars. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. This is Alicia Zadig, author of the new book, Yes, Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book, Yes, Mistress, takes you on a provocative, eye-opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think, and more rewarding than you can ever imagine. Yes, Mistress, now available on Kindle, and you can order your copy at yesmistress.com. Hi, this is Venus, and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others? Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn more at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. Hi there, I'm Nookie. My pronouns are she, hers, and I'm the founder of Dating Kinky, a different kind of dating and educational site for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Catch me in my own podcast, Dating Kinky. And now back to John and their guest on What Women and other wonderful humans want. Thank you, Nookie. Back on the program with Jacqueline Michelle, who has an interesting program called Boundless to explore potent and transformational exercises of connecting your body, curating emotional intelligence, and basking in sensual existence. There's a lot in that sentence. <laughs> Let's break it down. And a little now bit. that I hear it a lot, I'm like, ooh, that's a that's a heavy, 
That's a heavy sentence for sure, but I would love to break it down in, in more simplest, simpler terms. So Boundless is a course that I created um, that covers three modules, which is sensuality, somatic healing, and shibari. And the course is dedicated to uh, specifically women out there that are wanting to invite sensuality into back into their bodies. They're they're observing that they have this a little bit of disconnection and, and they're just curious on how to start. And to me, the main thing that I wanted to teach was rope bondage and solo shibari tying. But to me, I, I, don't, I didn't feel like it would do any justice if I just taught the ties themselves. It's very easy to put rope on your body and to make a really beautiful design. But what I think the real juice and nectar of, of rope bondage is, is understanding your intention behind it. So the first thing that we cover in, in Boundless is connecting to your sensuality in two different ways. I call it from the inside out and the outside in. And connecting to your sensuality from the outside in is um, exploring different types of such touch and sensations. So it can be caressing yourself. It can be inviting more erotic a touch, a therapeutic touch or nurturing touch. And like we've been discussing on this conversation is, um, you know, different types of impact plays. So one of the things that I invite women to do um, is to create a pleasure palette and grab hold of random household items on top of different types of sex toys and, and observe different types of things that you can feel. So for example, it could be a wooden spoon, a pinwheel, a paintbrush, uh, this little fan that we have, um, a sponge, and create some time to sit with yourself and just explore how that feels on your body. And just play and get curious and get very creative get very creative on that. And I, and that is a really beautiful way to connect to your sensuality. Right. And I think the most common way that people tell us to connect to our sensuality, tune into the five senses and bask in it. And what I like to expand with sensuality is when we take it from the inside out. So what does it legitimately feel like to be in your body right now? Not with somebody touching you, not with any type of sensation, but when you close your eyes, where are you feeling tension in the body? Where are you feeling constriction? Where is there dissociation or numbness? Where does the mind or your thoughts or your awareness not feel comfortable going? Where is there pleasure and juiciness and activation in your body? And even deeper than that, when you're feeling emotions, which we are constantly feeling emotions day in and day out, where do you feel them in the body? Can you bring awareness to where anger goes or where arousal goes or jealousy goes or excitement goes? And I think that this is such an important part to self-awareness because when we get an opportunity to be physically present with where our thoughts are sending energy in our body, then we get an opportunity to slow down and make a decision of, oh, okay, do I want more or less? less of that and how can I make a conscious decision on how I interact with it versus when we're not exploring physical and mental presence then it's very easy to let your body and your mind take you wherever the fuck it wants to take you and that can be very stressful and very triggersome right and this is something that we hear in the spiritual community all the time I'm sure you guys hear it in the BDSM community too but we're, we're not our mind and we're not our bodies we're ourselves and the way that we get to constantly remind ourselves that is 
by bringing awareness to both and then making shifts when we realize we're experiencing something internally that we don't necessarily like. So that's how I talk about sensuality in that mix. And then I also throw in some erotic movement. So it's a mixture of um, erotic floor work and yoga. Um, because again, how we interact with our bodies on a day-to-day -day basis is very, um, I don't want to say robotic, but um the movement that we do is very routine. We brush our teeth with the same hand and we get into the car in the same way and we get in and out of bed the same way, you know? And so it gives central movement, gives you the opportunity to explore and connect to your body in a way that you generally don't. And so you're expanding your range of motion and you're exploring different sensations and you're getting to really take, um, really just explore the same way that we're exploring different styles of sensations externally, you get to explore different styles of sensation internally. So that's the first module is just connecting to your body and connecting to your emotions. Uh, the second one is uh, somatic. So, okay, how can we take this a little bit deeper? And there's a practice that I uh, teach, which is called shadow alchemy which when I talk about alchemy, it's not the sense of like destroying, but can I change this water into wine? Can I change this anger into arousal? Or can I change this anger into neutrality? Let's, let's do something that feels a little bit more realistic, right? Um, and, and tuning into our movement and our sound and our breath to, to release or to activate or to awaken what it is that we want to experience in our body. And then this is where impact play also comes into place. Can I intentionally, uh, connect with a certain type of touch or sensation with the intention of awakening or releasing something in my body? And then when I feel like and then from understanding and having this relationship with your senses and your emotions and yourself, now let's explore rope bondage. What does it feel like when I tie a particular portion of my body? Am I resistant to tying my breasts because I have this story or this nar narrative or this stored emotion? Do I feel, uh, how does it feel to be exposed and put myself in different positions? Do I feel like it want to contract and bring myself inwards? Or do I embrace the way that I can allow myself to be seen? And so, yeah, the intention of it all was um, just all the things that I felt really powerfully helped me feel empowered in my body to reclaim my sexuality, to feel like I have a healthy relationship with myself from the inside out was through these modules, through these modalities. And so I created it with the intention of, of offering these women um, a new perspective on how to connect with themselves and a new perspective on how to touch themselves. And how can we get all the information on your different programs? Absolutely. So everything that I do is through Instagram, uh, Jack Mish, J-A-Q-U-E-M-I-C-H. Um, literally everything on there um, is on my Instagram. There's a little link associated to all the other programs that I offer, but that is definitely my main one. It has been an absolute pleasure getting to hear all the different concepts that you brought to us. As I said, you totally captured my imagination with a solo BDSM post. And I'm really glad I came up across it because I think it's great information that many of our listeners will find can absolutely work for them as well. So thank you for being with us. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. 
Wonderful talking with Jacqueline. She's got some amazing programs in Boundless and Central Shibari that you'll definitely want to take a look into. And I will do my best to link the article about solo BDSM from Instagram in our show notes this week. Here's what's coming up on the next edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. She is the one of the mistress mindset, the wicked woman, and someone who is going to tell us what it's like to go from the world of prodom into the world of motherhood. Mistress Malicia on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. A new edition of the show premieres next Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Special thanks to Jackie for joining us, and thanks to you for being with us. I'm John, also known as Hi There Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time, and I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. Join us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1. On Instagram at What Women Want Podcast. For our kinky friends on FetLife at WWW Podcast. And now, select shows are available in video format at youtube.com slash dating kinky. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. 